in a brand new series, and it's entitled Vision 2020. Look at the person next to you. Tell them Vision. Tell them Vision 2024. And the reason that we call it Vision 2024 is the theme of this series is to say that God is giving us 2020 vision for the year of 2024. God has given us 2020 vision for the year of 2024. I don't know about you, but I'm not looking to have blurry vision for what God wants for me in the year of 2024. I don't know about you, but I'm not looking to have just, I'm not looking to have to kind of squint and see what it is and try to figure out what it is that I'm looking at when I'm thinking about what God has for 2024. Is anybody here that is looking to have 2020 vision for the year of 2024? Like, I just want to see what God has for me in 2024. I want to see clearly. And the theme of our verse or the theme of our series is a verse in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And it says, without vision, the people lose restraint. But happy is the one who follows instruction. Without vision, the people lose restraint. There's another translation says that when we don't get a revelation of what God is saying, we will stumble all over ourselves. Could it be that the reason that we're stumbling is not because we don't know how to walk, is because oftentimes our vision has been compromised. When we don't have a vision, when we can't see clearly what God wants for our lives, we will stumble all over ourselves. We cast restraint. We, we don't know what to say yes to and we don't know what to say no to. But when we are able to see what God has revealed, the Bible says that we will live the most blessed life. Does anybody want to live the most blessed life in the year of 2024? And so... This series is going to get extremely practical. Someone shout practical. Because here's what I believe, that the practical is part of the miracle. We've said this before, the practical is part of the miracle. And I'm excited because this series, we're going to be spending the next few, maybe the next two to three weeks, we're going to be spending talking about vision, but it's going to lead us to Vision Sunday. And that's going to happen January. Vision Sunday is coming a little bit early this year because, you know, can you believe that Easter is coming in March? Like, what the, what the heck happened? Like, what happened there? Just got sped up in 2024. Uh, but our Vision Sunday is taking place, can we put up the flyer, January 28th. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about vision because we want to prepare our hearts to see what God has for us. And this is one of those times that at Christ Uncensored, we get excited for Vision Sunday. Because I don't know about you, like, I, I know that I'm not just here to come to church. We're here to be the church, amen? Like, we're not here just to play pickup basketball when we show up at the, at the schoolyard. No, God is, is looking to, to formulate a family and a team and, a, and a, uh, a bunch of soldiers together. He's putting them together for a purpose. And so on Vision Sunday, we get to hear all about what God has for this church community, what he has for you when it comes to this church community, and what he has for all of us together. And so I believe that one of the areas that God has gifted me with, there's not too many areas that I'm gifted with other than good looks. And what was so funny? That wasn't, that wasn't funny, mama friend. I don't, um, but, but the areas I feel like God has gifted me with is, is somehow to transliterate vision into practical steps. Just, just something that God has given me. God has given me the ability to see vision, but also to place it in a way that we can take steps towards that Vision. How many of you know that it is good to get inspired and motivated, but sometimes it's like, oh, I'm excited and I'm motivated, but now I don't know what to do. It's like, what do I do next? And I feel like God has given me the steps that we can take because the practical is part of the miracle. So often we kind of undermine the practical and we're looking for the miracle when we don't realize that, in fact, the practical is part of the miracle. How many of you know that God told Peter... He said, I'm going to fill your net with fish. And he filled it up to kazoo. But he also told him, cast it to the other side. Someone say practical. See, the miracle is that he filled him 
with thousands upon thousands of fish, but the practical thing was that he casted the net to the other side. How many of you know that he healed the blind man? But he also told the blind man to go and wash your face. The practical is part of the miracle. He fed 5,000, miracle. But he also said, hey, distribute this to the people, practical. The practical is part of the miracle. And, and what we're going to unpack today is something that God put in my heart as I started meditating earlier last year about what he wanted to speak to our church about. I take some time, and, and even while I was away writing um, Love is Our Logo, the book, praise God. I, praise God. We have finished completely 13 chapters. I really believe that this, this book that God has given me is going to transform the world. I just really believe that. But as I was writing this book, I just felt like God just was giving me the words. And even before that, he was giving me the title to the first message of 2024. And I'm going to give it to you right off the front. I usually wait a little bit after I read the scripture I give you the title. But I'm going to give it to you right here, right now. Here it is. It's three words. It's, it, this is the title of today's message. Look at the person next to you. Tell them whatever it takes. Mm. That, was, that was a better title than how you said it. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I truly believe that if God is calling us to accomplish a God vision, not a good vision, not a your vision, not a my vision, I truly believe that if, if God has given us a vision, then in order for us to accomplish that vision, it's not going to take half effort. And it's not going to take part, partial participation. It's going to take a generation of people that are willing to do, come on somebody, whatever it takes. So we got some whatever it takes kind of people in the house. So, so I think that this is a whatever it takes kind of text. And if, allow, if you allow me to just use this text as the base of what I believe God wants to share with us today, it's found in Matthew chapter 14, verse 24, a very familiar passage of scripture. And it says, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. For a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. He said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Isn't that powerful? That no matter what you're going through, God can encourage you even in the middle of your storm and say, hey, don't worry. Take courage. Courage. Here, why? Not because you're amazing, not because you have the ability, not because you are gifted, but because I am here. He says, I am here. Then Peter called, uh, uh, I'm sorry, then it says, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Lost my place, 29. He says, Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come. Walking on water. Verse 29, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why do you doubt? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped, and the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. My title is Whatever It Takes. Can you just touch three people and tell them whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Look at the person next to you. Look at the person on the other side. Hey, hey, you, I'm talking to you too. Tell them whatever it takes. Look at the person behind you that has nobody to talk to. Tell them, hey, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these moments that you have given us in 2024, God, to hear about your vision. The vision that you have for this house, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you allow me to share this four and a half hour message in 40 minutes. 
I pray that their hearts will be open to receive your word, oh God. Thank you, Lord God, for giving me the privilege of pastoring such an amazing church in Staten Island, New York. That I'm the father to some amazing children and I'm married to the hottest woman on the planet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can anybody say amen? Uh, how many know that a relationship takes effort? Any, any, if you're not, yeah, if you didn't say yeah to that, clearly you're still in the friend zone. You haven't. But how many know that a relationship, it takes effort? Like, you would know that even to get into the relationship you were in, some of you were willing to do whatever it takes. Like, you know, like, there's some of you that stood out in the freezing cold waiting for her to get out of work. When she said she was going to be out of work at 4 o'clock and you're there at 4.35, but you got there at 3.55 and you're waiting for her in the cold because you were willing to do whatever it takes. How many, how many of you ladies, like you, 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 you were willing to do whatever it takes. You're not even a night person. But you're willing to stay up at night to make sure that he calls you. When he gets home. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. You could call me. You could call me. Why? Because you're willing to do whatever it takes. But I think the person that actually takes the, the cake is a, is a person that wrote a song. And I don't know if you've heard this song. It's called For You I Will. Have you heard the lyrics to that song? No, I'm serious. Like, have you? I just want to go. Like, here we go. I will go and bring you the moon. I will be your hero, your friend, anything you need. Here we go. I will be the sun and the sky. I will light your way for all time. I promise you, for you I will. Oh, no, let's take it to the bridge. For you I will. Lay my life on the line. For you I will fight. For you I would. With every breath, with all my soul, I give you my word, I give it all. You heard that falsetto? Put your faith in me. I think that this young lady had a bad case of whatever it takes she was willing to do for her man. Come on, somebody. And, and, and here's, here's, here's what I've realized throughout the years. Here's what I've learned. That there are things in life we regard important enough to do whatever it takes. That there are things in life that we regard important enough to do Whatever it takes. So, so here's what I want to ask our church community today. Here's what I, I want to ask. It's funny because when I think about John and Maylene, like that boy was willing to do whatever it takes. He had two shorties on the side. He was like, you ain't worth it. I'm going for Miranda Baez. Come on, somebody. Anyway, she's, she was important enough that he was willing to do whatever it takes. My question to our church today is this. When it comes to God's vision for my life and my church, am I willing to do Whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. Am I willing to do whatever it takes? And that's the question I want us to ask because I don't know about you, but I'm at this place where, I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago, you would have, I was at a different place. Maybe 10 years ago, I was a little bit younger. I was kind of like strolling. I can cruise. But I'm at this place with Jesus where I'm like, God, wherever you want me to be, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I don't know if we have some, uh, so maybe maybe a handful of whatever it takes kind of people in the house that are saying, hey, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to become the man of God that God has called me to be. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to become the woman of God that God has called me to be. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to see my generation transformed. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to break that habit that has held me bound for so many years. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to become the prophet, to become the woman of God, to become the person that sees their generation transformed, to see their city transformed. Do we got any whatever it takes kind of people in the house? I'm at that place and I'm willing to do, Lord, whatever. Whatever it takes. 
And, and, and if, you, if you think about it, it's, it's the pattern that we see in the scripture. We see this pattern of anytime that God calls a people, anytime that God calls a person, he doesn't call them with haphazard commitment. Anytime that he calls somebody, he's always integrated in the calling this notion of, hey, I'm calling you to do whatever it takes. When you see him call Abraham, you know what he says to Abraham? Hey, leave where you're at. Where are we going? I ain't going to tell you. Whatever it takes. When you see Elijah call Elisha, he's like, let me put my mantle on you. He's like, we got to go. We got to go. He goes, slaughters his cattle, bids his mom and dad goodbye, and he heads over to Elijah. Whatever it takes. There was a young man that came up to Jesus, and he's trying to follow Jesus. And he's like, hey, before I follow you, let me go handle some business. Let me go handle the funeral. You know what he says? He goes, let the dead bury the dead. You know why? Because to follow mean, it means you got to do whatever, whatever it takes. I think this is the picture we're seeing today. It's a, it's a whatever it takes kind of scene. Because what you regard important, you will do whatever it takes for. Whatever you regard as a priority, you will do whatever it takes for. Here's, here's what I know. That when you're interested, you'll do whatever's convenient. But when you're committed, you're willing to do whatever it takes. When you're interested, you're willing to do whatever's convenient. But when you are committed, you're willing to do whatever it takes. And when we see this picture of Jesus telling his disciples to get in the boat, I love this picture because what you see is what happened in the context is that they had just fed the 5,000 people, approximately maybe about 12,000 people counting men, women, and children. And so they had just seen and experienced the most amazing miracle thus far. Imagine that. Over 12,000 people were fed by five loaves and two fish. The people wanted even to crown Jesus as Savior. And the Bible says that Jesus then tells his disciples, hey, I want you to get to the other side. Now, this is important because I want to give you the first point of what it looks like to have the heart, the mentality, the soul, the, the will of a person that, that is considering whatever it takes. When we look at the text here, I want to read to you verse 22. And look what it says. It says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and watch this, cross to the other side of the lake. Here's what I, I know to be true. I think that if I can respectfully use a little bit of conjecture here with integrity, I think that for every single one of us, there is some form of the other side. I think that there's another side for you. There's, there's, there's a place that you are and God wants you to get to the other side. There's a place where you are right now, wherever, wherever it is, that God wants you to step into a new dimension or possibly grow into another level of maturity, possibly grow into another level of faith. God wants you to increase. God wants you to grow. God wants you to move forward. And so there's a proverbial other side for each and every one of us. But here's the thing. What happens is that when they spoke to Jesus, they were on the shore. And they heard the vision on the shore. Mm-hmm. See, I think it's, it's very easy and simple to hear the vision, to see the vision, to believe in the vision, to know the vision when you're in the shore. But what happens is, is that God sends you into the deep. And what happens is, like, I don't know about you, but I get excited when I hear vision. I'm, I'm, I mean, God forgive me, but I'm a three on the Enneagram. I'm, I get excited when I'm, I'm, I hear a vision. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. What? We're going to do what? We're going to go where? We're going to accomplish what? We're going to achieve who? what? Uh, let's make it happen. Let's do it. And so it's easy to get excited when you are hearing the vision from the shore. But then God sends you into the deep. So I could imagine the disciples, they're looking at vision. They're, they're hearing the vision. They're seeing Jesus for, for the one that is calling him. They, just, they are just talking to the one that performed an amazing miracle. And Jesus saying, I want you to go to the other side. Hey, no problem. Let's go to the other side. Now they're now headed to the other side. And what begins to happen is often what begins to happen to all of us is that now the circumstances begin to change. Now, I want you to keep in mind that the vision doesn't change, but the circumstance did. 
See, the vision was declared on the shore, but oftentimes what happens is that as we begin to progress within the progress of that vision, oftentimes what begins to happen is, is that the circumstances change. And the conditions begin to somehow seep into our hearts. And here's what began to happen. The storm started raging on the outside. See, they were, there wasn't a storm while they, was, they were on the shore. But the moment they began to walk towards the other side, what began to happen? A storm came. Can it be that sometimes we give up on the vision, not because the vision changed, but simply because the circumstances around this did? So often God has given us a vision. God has given you a vision of what he's called you to look like at Christ's Uncensored House of Worship. He's given you a vision of what he's called you to be as a man of God and as a woman of God. And sometimes what happens is that the circumstances around the vision begin to change. But here's what we need to understand, that the vision actually never changes. But it's our perception that becomes skewed. The vision never changed. The goal was always to get to the other side. But watch how quickly their perception was skewed because of the circumstances that were around them. Verse 26, it says, when the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified in their fear, they cried out. It's a ghost. Can you imagine that? That they are calling a ghost the one that called them, the one that just fed 5,000, the one that saved them, the one that they were calling Messiah. They are now calling that person a ghost, the one that just gave them the vision to get to the other side. Hey, the vision didn't change, but their perception became skewed. And so often, that's what I see in God's people. And this is why I want you to, I want you to hear the first point. The first point is this. Remember God's, God's the visionary behind the vision. That, that's so important for us to get into our hearts right now. If we're ever going to do whatever it takes, we have to... Walk with the understanding that it is God's vision, not ours. That God has given us a vision, that God has given revelation to us. And so often what happens is, is that he has called us, he has called our church, he, call, he has called us as men, he has called us as women. And what happens is, is that the circumstances begin to change and then we begin to doubt who is the one that gave us the vision in the first place. God has given us a vision, and we have to remember that if it is God who has given us the vision, if it's God who's given us the vision, not if it's a dream you had because you had pizza at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm talking about if it, if it is God who, in fact, has given you a vision, I want to tell you, do you not know that whatever he has declared will come to pass? Do you not know that if it's God who's giving you the vision, that there's no obstacle that can stand in your way? Do you not know that if God has given you a vision, the same God that gave you the vision at the shore will make sure that it is accomplished and you will get to the other side? The same God that has given you the vision, there's no obstacle, there's no devil, there's no demon, there's no circumstance, there's no mountain, there is nothing that can get in your way and nothing that can stop God's vision from coming to pass. I don't care what circumstances you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing right now. What matters is the one who has given you the vision. And if God said you're getting to the other side, church, can I tell you? We're getting to the other side. Can you imagine going through a pandemic, hearing everything that God promised for Christ and sense and house of worship? All I kept thinking was like, God, you're the visionary behind the vision. You're the visionary behind the vision. And if God declared it, and if he started the vision, he is faithful to accomplish. I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but there are some people that you are doubting God's vision for your life. Because maybe it's been a long time that you've been in the middle of your process. It's like, okay, that was, that was good. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know what I'm called to be. I know that, I'm, I know that God promised me that I would be this. I know that God promised that this was a, that was, this was a business that he gave me. I know that, I, I knew that, I know that God called me into this relationship and called me into this marriage. But right now, I'm in the middle of my circumstances and I can't see clearly the one who's called me. God wants to say, 
the vision has never changed. Therefore, the vision will come to pass. I have to remember that God is the visionary behind the vision. Can someone give God a praise here today? Let me give you, let me share with you the second point. And, and again, I think that this is going to really jumpstart us into Vision Sunday. Because he's looking for a people that are willing to do whatever it takes. And the first thing we have to know, we have to trust in our heart. The first thing is that we have to remember that God is the visionary behind the vision. But here's the second thing. I need, to, I need you to hear me. The second thing is this. We have to trust in God's direction, not your feelings. It's so important. How I many of you know that feelings are powerful? Like feelings are like I'm ready to take on the world unless my feelings say different. <laughs> It's in those moments that we can't be led by our feelings. We have to trust in God's direction. It is in those moments where we can't see him clearly. We have to trust his voice. It's a ghost, but, but, but I can hear your voice. And we have to learn how to trust his direction and not our feelings. And here's what I, I want to take you to, verse 27. It says, but Jesus spoke to them at once. He said, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it really is you, tell me to come, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. Listen, listen to this. Peter was able to take steps on his own if he wanted to. But this wasn't his vision. This was God's vision. So watch this, watch this. Peter didn't say, ha, 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 I'm just going to get out the boat. See, see I love sometimes how we, we preach this and we're like, come on, church, you got to get out the boat. Get out the boat, get out the boat. Church, 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 you got to get out the boat. There we go, Tom, Tom is crushing it right now. Do, 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 do. We got to get out the boat. The thing is, the problem is not getting out the boat. The problem is making sure that it's God bidding you to come before you get out the boat. See, see, he could have just got out the boat. But look what he said. He said, Jesus, I can't see you right now. I'm unsure of these circumstances. But if it's really you, then bid me to come. See, so often we're, we're ready to get out the boat. Oh, can I, can I use another language? So often we're ready to get into that relationship. <laughs> Without the Lord saying, hey, bid me to come. Without the, without the Lord saying, hey, come forth. How about we take a job opportunity and God is saying, I'm waiting for you to check in with me. And by the way, if you're ever unsure about what God has for your life, here's what I know about God. That God is faithful to assure you and confirm for you, not once, not twice, several times, for you to get out the boat if he has to. It's like, I don't want to miss what God has for me. I don't know if it's of God, so I'm just going to take a step of faith. No, that wasn't a step of faith. That was you doing the cha-cha slide. You were taking a lot of steps, but weren't going nowhere. I worked on that all week. That was way funnier than what you guys like. Come on. So often God, God is waiting for you to check in with him. And here's what happens. I think often what happens is that we're, we're eager, eager to see God's specific will. Like, I, God, I want, I want to know exactly what you want from my life and only my life. And this is my journey. And I just want to know what you want from me. And God is like, find it in my word. <laughs> There is a specific will that may, God may have for you, but there is also a general will that God has for us. And here's what we don't understand, that oftentimes that God's specific, is, specific will is found in a pocket of his general will. And sometimes we're looking to get out the boat for God's specific will, but God wants you to get out the boat, out of his, get out the boat into his general will. So there's a general will that God has for your life. And he's saying, I'm looking for you to walk in that. And in that, you will find my specific will. I'll give you an example. I was looking. Anybody ever lost their wallet? I went crazy looking for my wallet. 
crazy looking for my wallet. Guess what? I was looking for it where I would have never found it in my front yard because I thought I lost it there. No matter how long I would have been searching in the front porch or in my front yard, would I have I found it? Nope. I left it in my mother's house in a specific room in a specific closet. I was looking for the right thing in the wrong place. And too many times we are looking for our specific will outside of God's general will. When God's specific will for your life will only be found in God's general will for your life. So, so let me give you some practical, real simple practical things to consider when it comes to stepping out of the boat. Maybe for 2024, God is asking you to step out the boat and it means this. It's time for you to begin changing the way you speak to people in 2024. Ooh, for you I will. Let's just go back to that. What if you stepping out of the boat is, is, is God saying, hey, it's, it's time, 2024. It's time you stop speaking to people the way you, you're used to speaking to them. Maybe for 2024, you stepping out of the boat is you forgiving the person that you just can't seem to get past. Like maybe for 2024, like 2022 didn't work out. 2023 didn't work out. 2024, and God is saying, hey, I'm calling you to step into my general will. And my general will includes forgiveness. Are you willing to forgive the person that you haven't been able to forgive, that you've been holding a grudge on for years? Maybe for you, stepping out of the boat and stepping into God's general will is taking a 21-day fast that we begin tomorrow. Matter of fact, tonight at midnight. Maybe for you, it's, it's saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this 21-day fast. You know, there's, there's a few of us this year, and I'm so proud to say because for a very long time, it was only one person that was, making, that was doing it. But this year, we'll ha we have over five people that are going to go on a liquid fast of 21-day 21 21-day fasting starting this, this night. Come on. We have over five people that are going to fast only on liquids. For the first seven days, many of us are going to do just water. Maybe God is saying for you to step out of the boat is distancing yourself from that toxic relationship. Oh, but yeah, yeah that's, but I know it's, I know it's, it's, we were like, that's, that's my girl. That's, yeah. But she's also the thing that keeps you in the temptation of compromise. Maybe for you, it's taking, here it goes, oh, this one's going to, this one's going to, oh, I don't know, maybe, I, I'm just going to say it. Maybe it's taking your health serious. I knew there weren't going to be no amens for that one. Maybe it's for you to, you know, what the Lord told me a few years ago, he said, he said, Ro, where I'm taking you, your weight can't go. I said, that's really nice of you, Jesus. <laughs> that is not affirmation at all. He said, where, where I'm taking you, I was 335 pounds. And the Lord said, where I'm taking you, your weight can't go. What if, it, what, if, what if in 2024, God is saying, hey, I want you to take your health as a priority. Because you only, prior, you only prioritize what you truly value. All right, we're going to go to the next one. Here we go. How about this? How about maybe it's, oh, I'm going to go and say it. Maybe you stepping out of the boat so that you can walk into God's general will in order for you to get his specific will. Maybe this year you're going to say, hey, I'm not going to listen to secular music the way I do. Ain't no amen to that one, May. What happened? That was a horror, horror. I was like, we're not ready for that one, Pastor Ro. But, but what if, if, it, if, if that's the very thing that's creating a kind of mentality in your, the way you think? The way you think is, music is a very powerful thing. And I'm not, I'm not saying that if, if you don't stop listening to secular music, then, then God's going to be upset with you or God's going to be mad at you. What I am saying is that there's something about music that has the power to just change the way you think. I'm not even saying that you listening to secular music from time to time will have a huge effect. I'm just talking about if this is, thing, if this is the daily thing that you're doing when God's word is right here. Right? And so maybe for you, stepping out of the boat is, is saying, I'm not going to listen to secular music. How about this? How about we try 21-day fast, no, no listening to secular music? Imagine how clear your mind will be to hearing God's voice. You hear God is saying, love your enemies. You're hearing Drake. I got enemies. Got a lot of enemies. And you're like, what in the? What happened? 
What happened? That's programmed. God is saying, love your enemies. You're out here counting your enemies. Oh, I got enemies. God, I... Because it's a programming. All right, worship team, come up. All to call. By now, here we ready. When you're interested, you will do whatever is convenient. But when you're committed, you're willing to do whatever it takes. Someone shout whatever it takes. So, 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 so I thought about this because I think sometimes what you can't measure, you can't improve upon. What you can't measure, you can't improve upon. So sometimes um, I, I want to share with you what I would consider as the lead pastor here is some of the behavioral norms of someone that is committed on the most basic level at Christ Uncensored House of Worship. And this is, this is specifically speaking to anybody that has been attending our church for about a year or longer. If you haven't been attending our church for a year or longer, I'm just so glad you're here. Matter of fact, if you're a visitor here, I'm so grateful that you're here. Can we praise God for all our visitors? But it also allows you to peek into what a normal behavior of a member in our church looks like. And so I just want to give you a couple of things that we would see or we would deem as the most basic commitment at Christ Uncensored House of Worship. Is that all right? Let me give it to you. Number one, it's attending Sunday's experience weekly. What does that mean? That means that I'm going to prioritize my Sunday. My Sunday belongs to who? It belongs to Jesus. I want to tell you that this is something that I've raised my children in. Like, there's a lot of things that we can get done on a Sunday. But as for me in my house, our commitment, listen, if God has given me 168 hours in a week, and I spend 40 of them making a living, then I can take two hours out of my week getting equipped to make a difference. And so my priority is there is no negotiation when it comes to Sundays. Now, again, I don't want you to hear this in a legalistic way and say, Pastor, oh, you're coming on Sunday. And I'm not saying that. That's what you're hearing. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that that. When it comes to Sundays, I'm not negotiating this period of time that I go to church. So what it looks like to be the most basic level commitment here is to make church on Sunday the priority. Again, there's always exceptions. If you're away, if, you're, if, you're, if something came up, like there's always exceptions. What I'm talking about is my, my pattern, my way of being, being normal behaviors. Okay, so here, here's the second one. Oh, it kind of adds to the first one, showing up on time. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Do you know how powerful it is when before the service starts, everybody's already here 10 minutes earlier getting ready to worship and welcome the king of kings? Come on. It is a powerful difference. Here's, a, again, the most, this is not whatever it takes. Somebody's reading this like, I'm going to do this, whatever it takes. No, this is the most basic. Okay. <laughs> This is you, you know, you're, come on, like, how many of you know that this is not, this is not a hotel? This is a, this is a family. This is a house. I, you know what it is? When I'm in my, ho when I'm in the hotel, anybody have that hotel mentality? I throw it out, I throw my towels, and somehow when I come back, those towels ain't there. Why? Because I know someone else will, someone else will pick it up. Someone else will do it. Guess what? In a home, we're all in this. Together, we don't have the attitude. Oh, yeah, someone else will do the dishes. Someone else will clean the toilet. Someone else will. That was me in my first five years of marriage. I was like, my goodness, this toilet has been clean and I've never touched it. But guess what? I've been changed, transformed, saved, sanctified. So, so here, here's another norm. This is basic. It's giving an offering weekly. It's saying that, hey, I'm going to commit to, on the most basic level, Deciding an amount that God wants me to give and being faithful to that giving. I'm going to decide. I'm going to plan on my generosity. I'm not going to just wait for the chance of generosity. I'm going to actually be planning my generosity. And I'm going to say, hey, I've decided in my, in my heart that this is what God wants me to give. And this is what I'm going to give weekly. Why? Because I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Again, the most basic level. Serving on a team once a month. You know, I, I love our dream team. Our dream team is here, church. 
two hours before service for an hour and a half service. Come on, somebody. They're two hours before service for, and the setup team is here three hours. Come on, somebody. So that we can have an hour and a half service. This is the most basic. If I wonder if every single person that called Christ Uncensored their home, if they said, hey, I'm going to serve at least once a month, 12 times a year, the most basic level of a person that's been coming to our church for over a year. And maybe God is talking to you today. Say, hey, man, like, you know what? What you don't measure, you can't improve on. I didn't, I didn't know, Pastor Roll. I just thought me coming to church 10 minutes late and leaving 10 minutes early and sitting there and clapping and singing songs was me doing my part. I'm, gl- I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. And please, we don't want you to leave. We want you to be here. But we also want you to grow. It would also mean that on a most basic level, you would be part of a community at least once a month. This is the most basic commitment. Now, now I know that everybody here does this already. <laughs> However, let me give you a whatever it takes mentality. This is the most basic level. This is on the shore. This is not the deep end. This is whatever it takes. Whatever it takes is a people that, can I, can I tell you, we already have these kind of people in the church. Come on. It's whatever it takes. It's like, yeah, I'm going to serve Two to three times a month. I'm going to serve. Why? Because I'm only serving once a, mo- once a week. I'm going to take two to three times a month that I'm going to serve. Can I tell you, there are people that are serving here three times a month. And there's some people that are serving four times a month. In other words, they're serving every single Sunday. Can I tell you something? Jenny has been our Kuhau Kids director for the, the entire duration of our, of our church history. And, and can I tell you how many church services she has missed because she is serving every single Sunday? I, I pray that there will be a day one, day one day that Jenny can enjoy a service here with us on a Sunday because she has a team of people that are serving weekly and willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes is giving our, your tithe, giving your offering, and giving towards vision builders. It's also giving towards heart to give Sunday. A whatever it takes mentality is showing up two hours before service to serve. We have people that do this already. We have people that are giving towards our church in every capacity. We have people that are giving, that are serving over three times a month. And we have people that are showing up two hours before service. We also have people that are 10 community group regularly here's another one that are seeking to be developed in any area of leadership you know what God is calling our church to do is to create generals he's calling us to create generals and this is the picture that God has given me and I just want to share it to you share it with you before we close the picture that God has given me is the picture you ever seen the movie 300 Oftentimes, we, we think that the only way that a church can make a significant impact in their community is based upon the amount of people. But oftentimes, it's because the amount of people that are giving, it's just in a numerical sense. Which means that, oh yeah, because you have a thousand people in your church, and let's say 25% of those thousand people is 250 people. Well, then you have 250 people out of your thousand that are giving, that are serving, that are showing up beyond and are going above and beyond and have or whatever it takes. But here, here's what I thought. What I thought is that there's more of you that God wants to pull out of you. That oftentimes it's because people naturally are just giving maybe 75% of themselves. But the reason that I'm talking about the movie 300 is because do you remember when, when he went up against the, the king of Persia, I believe? You remember? He said, hey, man, what do you do for a living? He's like, oh, I farm. Hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, I do this. And he looks at his 300 soldiers. He's like, what do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. This is who I am. In other words, this is what they've devoted their lives to, not what they've been recruited to. His army was recruited. 
these were people that devoted their entire lives to what the mission was. So I wonder what it would look like if even with the 100 members at Christ Uncensored, it wasn't 50% that were giving, 50% that were serving, 50% that were doing whatever it takes. It was 100% of Christ Uncensored that was willing to say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Can you stand up on your feet here today? The last point is this. Hey, if you want to do whatever it takes, you got to know that whenever you fall, you get back up. Whenever you fall, you get back up. Peter was on a mission. Peter was given the instructions. Hey, come, 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 come out of the boat. And Peter began to take the steps out of the boat. He began to walk. The Bible says that as he began to walk, he began to fail. He began to fall. Do you know that even when God gives you a dream and God gives you a vision, it doesn't mean that you're never going to fail? You know what's the difference between those people that accomplish the mission and those that don't? Is those that do just got up more times. The Bible says that the righteous falls seven times, but seven times he gets back up. Can, can I show you a number? I don't know if you've ever seen this number. Anybody know what the representation of this number is? 1,009. Anybody know what that number means? You know, anybody know the significance of this number? Can I tell it to you? The significance of this number is the amount of times Colonel Sanders knocked on restaurants' doors at the age of 65. After failure upon failure upon failure upon failure, after being at 100 and having only $105 of a social security check, failed attempt after failed attempt after failed attempt, he knocked on a thousand and nine doors, and it was the thousand and nine restaurant that said, We're willing to partner up with you. I don't know about you, but God, God has given us a vision, and we might feel like we're failing at 500 at attempt 500 at the door that we knocked 500 but here's what I believe that if God said it he is faithful to complete it and even when I fail and even when I'm full here's what Jesus does he's willing to give you a hand not a handout but a hand up does anybody believe that in this place today is the Jesus that we serve if you're here today I want to let you know that Jesus is the God that does whatever it takes he is the God that does whatever it takes that when you were a sinner you were far away from him when you were like Adam and you bit of the tree and you fell into sin and you stepped into the road of disobedience when you created the chasm between you and God through sin and the God who is holy the God who is righteous The God who loves you. When you created the wedge between you and him. We serve a God who was willing to do whatever it takes. Wait, wait a minute God. You're going to take on human flesh? I'm willing to do whatever it takes. You're willing to live a perfect life? I'm willing to do whatever it takes. You're willing to be falsely accused, beaten and stripped naked? I'm willing to do whatever it takes. You're willing to die for them? I'm willing to do whatever it takes. But some may not believe you and some may not trust you. I'm willing to do whatever. That's the God that we serve. It's a whatever it takes God of God. I am willing to do whatever it takes to bridge the gap between me and my beloved. And all he says is, would you accept my invitation? The greatest chasm that ever existed in all of the universe was the chasm between you and your heavenly father. And he bridged the gap whatever it takes, took on human flesh, lived a perfect life, died a sinner's death so that we could have restored relationship. But here's the thing. He doesn't want just restored relationship 
for acceptance. He wants restored relationship to equip you so that you can now make a difference in the life of others. This is what Vision 2024 is. Would you bow your head and close your eyes right there where you are? If you're here today, every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Roe, would you pray for me? I'm going to ask our prayer counselors to come forward. If you're saying, Pastor Roe, would you just pray for me? I just want to pray for you right there where you are. And I want to pray for two kinds of people. Maybe today you haven't experienced this God that we're talking about. You haven't experienced the Jesus that spoke to Peter, the Jesus that walked to Peter, the Jesus that picked up Peter. You haven't experienced his love today. I want to introduce you to this Jesus. The Bible says that anyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you call on his name today in the same way that Peter said, Jesus, God is willing to give you a hand up and save you. But I also want to speak to those that maybe you're here today and you've been following Jesus and you know that God has placed a vision on the inside of you to accomplish. There's a vision, there's something that, there's a picture that God has given you and he's saying, if I've put it in your heart, I will be faithful to complete it. And I want to pray yes. for you today. If that's you, if that's any of you in this place, would you just lift up your hand at the count of three? One, two, three. Lift up your hand all over this room. There it is. I see the hand. I see the hand. I see the hand. I see the hand. You can put your hand right back down. Right back down. If, you're des if your desire is to place your faith in Jesus today, would you say this? Say, Jesus, Jesus I, give you my life. I give you my life. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. And from this day forth, and from this day forth I, am a new creation. I am a new creation. In Jesus' name. Now, if you've said, Pastor Roe, I just want you to pray for me because I need to see this vision clearer. I've allowed circumstances to blur my vision, and if that's you in this place, I want to pray for you. So right there where you are, I want to declare this prayer over you. God, in the name of Jesus, would you begin to clarify for them what it is you have for them in this year right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare that anything that is getting in their way will be removed in Jesus' name. I pray that they may have eyes to see everything that you've made available for them. That they may have a heart to hear the direction of your voice. And that they will accomplish the vision that you have set forth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, Pastor O here, and I'm so glad you were able to watch this video or tune in to our online experience. I pray that it blessed your life, and if it has in any way, you can help us share this message of God's love with others. You can simply hit the thumbs up button, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can also share it with at least one person on your contact list. Every time you subscribe, every time you share, it gives us that opportunity to spread God's love to a world that needs it. I love you. God bless you. And thank you for watching.